Hello everyone and welcome to some more Know Your Wrestling. It's me here, Mark Sylvester, and welcome today guys to another edition of the Big Four Pay-Per-View Review. Now what the Big Four Pay-Per-View Review is, it's where I do a review of all of the WWE and AEW Big Four Pay-Per-Views. And what I'm going to be reviewing today guys is SummerSlam 2023. Now then guys, for the review of SummerSlam 2023, this is going to be quite a quick and snappy review. And so the first match we had on the card was between Logan Paul versus Ricochet. Now for me, this match was really, really good. Both men, you could see their great high flying there, and their great use of different moves and stuff. And it was quite cool that they were able to build this match up through their amazing big high spot from the Royal Rumble. And then obviously... Logan Paul doing as well as he's done and obviously Ricochet being known for being like the high-flying king. It was really cool to see both of these men wrestle against each other. And even though, yes, I felt the way the match ended was a bit, oh, that's it then. But I feel it works as well because it it's basically building up, in a sense, to Logan Paul's character. Because you would want him to cheat to win by using the brass nuts. Where if he just won normally with the big high-flyer moves, it then makes Ricochet look weaker but then it also helps him with his heelness too because so many people hate Logan Paul and it just helps build it up. So when they have their next match, then you will see um, more like in the next match because then, then that way it gives Ricochet his reason for winning the next match rather than just being like, okay, then you beat me, I want you again. Where Lisa can be like, you beat me, but you, you cheated to beat me, so I want, I want to beat you even more. Rather than it just being, you won one match, let's have another match, and then let's have the third match to decide the winner kind of thing as well. And the next match we had, guys, was between Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar. Now, this match as well was pretty damn good. I mean, when Brock Lesnar is in with an opponent that he really respects and gets on with, he can put on a really, really good show. He can put on a really, really good match. And I love the fact as well that they had Cody win in such a decisive way where he used three crossroads to win. I thought that worked really well to build up the whole thing of he was able to beat one of his obstacles before he hopefully goes on to WrestleMania 40 to then win the uh, Undisputed Championship from Roman Reigns and beat his streak, where I think that's what they're going to be doing. And I feel for me as well, the cool thing as well is having Brock Lesnar after the match actually... Um, shake Cody's hands and lift his arm up as well was really shocking and surprising too and I thought that worked really well as well because even though it was very spontaneous by Brock Lesnar it just shows you just his quick wittedness and being able to read the room he's like actually this guy beat me decisively let's put him over so then when he goes on to the next challenge before potentially Roman Reigns or whatever the next challenge might be that he can say I was the one to beat the one in 21 and 1. And the next match we had, guys, was LA Knight 
winning the 25-man Slim Jim SummerSlam Battle Royale. Now, I thought this match was good. It was just a normal Battle Royale. It was quite cool that I had Sheamus and LA Knight be the last two people in the ring. And it's just really cool to have LA Knight win as well, considering how popular and over he was. Where when I went to Money in the Bank, uh, beginning of July, the man was over like Rover. He was so freaking popular that everyone wanted to see him. Everyone wanted to cheer for him. And it's just really, really cool to see, finally, WWE starting to pull the trigger. Being like, you have this natural baby face. The fans love him. And you want him to uh, be used and seen as the next superstar that LA Knight is and will forever be in the WWE. And the next match we had, guys, was between Shayna Baszler versus Ronda Rousey in the MMA Rules match. Now, for me, guys, I thought this match was all right. I mean, obviously, this is Ronda Rousey's last match. If she goes back into MMA or does more of her Twitch stuff, it'd be interesting to see what Ronda Rousey does. But I felt the thing that kind of felt a bit boring for me about this match was the fact that it didn't really go full MMA rules. It kind of felt a bit kind of like... Not as crazy like the Raw Underground was, but it was kind of like that sort of in the middle of the road. Okay, then, so they're doing MMA rules. But I also kind of felt like as well, it wasn't really explained properly. They didn't really go whole hog, where I felt like if they went the whole whole hog, then at least that way you would have added more to it. And I thought the way that they had Shayna win, because even though Ronda didn't tap out, she passed out. And I felt that worked for her because... As much as Ronda Rousey has not been as good as she once was, and yes, I know it's sad that we will never see Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey one-on-one, but for the fact that Ronda Rousey on her way out put over her best friend being Shayna Baszler was quite cool. And hopefully this victory will help propel Shayna Baszler to be bigger and badder because Shayna Baszler is great, she is amazing, and it's going to be really, really interesting to see what Shayna Baszler will be doing in the future of WWE. And the next match we had, guys... Uh, was between Gunther versus Drew McIntyre for the IC Championship. Well, for me, I thought this match was pretty, pretty good. I mean, the fact that it was nowhere near as good as their match from WrestleMania or Gunther's match against Sheamus from the year before at Clash at the Castle. But I feel for me, for a match, this match was brilliant. This match was great. It shows you just how hard-hitting Gunther is, just how hard-hitting Drew McIntyre is. And one of the things I love about this match as well, especially with Gunther, is that he won with the powerbomb. And it's really, really cool because he's someone who has like three finishers. He doesn't always win with one particular move. And I think for me, it worked really, really well for Gunther because it shows just his ring generalness, as it were, that he was able to beat uh, Drew McIntyre with a powerbomb where he could have beaten him with the chop or a lariat or a splash. It's really, really cool to see them uh, go into Gunther's repertoire and show the world why he is truly the ring general. And the next match we had was between Seth freaking Rollins versus Finn Balor for the World Heavyweight Championship. Now, I thought this match was pretty good. I mean, one of the things I liked about this match is it was kind of building up the whole thing of it being seven years since SummerSlam 2016 when... Um, Seth Rollins threw Finn Balor into the um, into the barricade 
where that's where he dislocated his shoulder and stuff and had to be out for many months, which then meant that he lost his Universal Championship. That was quite cool. It was like his tattoo showing it off. And also as well, I just like Finn Balor's uh, demeanour. I just like his ruthlessness now he's being a proper heel and stuff and actually showing you why he is really good and why Finn Balor's amazing. And also as well, it's quite interesting to see the whole descent of what's going to happen with the um, Judgment Day, are they going to have it where um, are they going to have it where um, Damien Priest is going to cash in and that kind of thing as well? I thought it was quite interesting too. And even though they used a briefcase for Seth Rollins to win, I kind of like that because it kind of adds more the there's ascension to the Judgment Day. But also at the same time, you have the really cleverness of Seth Rollins realizing, okay, then the briefcase is in there. I'm going to use it to win. And I thought that was quite clever as well because it's showing you the uh, the cunning and the planning of Seth Rollins to be able to be like, okay then, I'm going to do this and then win. And it's just going to be really, really cool to see what's going to happen now with Judgment Day. I mean, Rhea Ripley's amazing. Dominic Mysterio's great too. And so is Demian Priest and Finn Balor. So it'll be cool to see what they're going to do with this amazing faction. And hopefully, even though there is a bit of dissension, it's quite interesting. It'll be cool to see if they do it in a, such a way that it makes it... Um, actually work for the story and actually make it be like, ha ha ha, Damien Priest will be the champion, but then would he then give it potentially to Finn Balor because he's a leader or would they kind of do that kind of cleverness that there might be the ascension, but actually we're stronger than ever. And it'll be interesting to see what's going to be happening with the Judgment Day in the future. And the next match we had, guys, was between Bianca Belair versus Asuka versus Charlotte Flair for the WWE Women's Championship. Now, for me, guys, I thought this match was pretty damn good. You have three of the best workers in the uh, SmackDown roster. I mean, Bianca Belair is amazing. Oscar's fucking awesome. And Charlotte Flair's great as well. Um, I had some hard-hitting action, showing you just how good these three women are. The only thing I didn't really like about the match is they had Asuka lose, where I felt like they should have had um, Charlotte lose because I kind of feel like for all that time, they were building up Asuka to be the Empress of Tomorrow, this unstoppable monster. The fact that she's always the one who takes the losses, I kind of feel for me, kind of sucks. But I did like the fact as well afterwards that even though Bianca Belair won, um, it was quite cool to then have Io Sky win because it's quite cool to have that shocking moment. Everyone loves Io Sky because she's great and stuff. But I think the most thing that I'm interested in seeing is what they're going to be doing with Bianca Belair. Because I feel for me, as much as Bianca Belair is amazing, much as she's great, I felt for me her time as a baby face is kind of been a bit boring and a bit stale. So seeing her kind of have more of an edge to her and seeing her have more of like a sort of a heelish side to her as well makes it a bit more interesting. So it'll be interesting to kind of see how that feud goes with Eo Sky because obviously you have the Eo Sky and Asuka rivalry from the time in Japan and then obviously on the main roster and then them as well having that like um, mic off when they're both from Raw and stuff. And it'll just be interesting to see what they're going to be doing with the women's roster for SmackDown because it's it's been its most interesting. It's been for a while and it'll be quite cool to see what's going to happen with Damage Katal and with Asuka, Charlotte and Bianca Belair and SmackDown is in truly great hands. And now it's time for the main event of the evening. And it's between Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. 
Now for me guys, I thought this match was quite good. Yes, it was quite long. Yes, it was quite methodical, but that's what you can expect from a Roman Reigns match. And because obviously you, it's the rivalry of being a trouble combat match and stuff, and you've got the two different wrestlers as well too, and all that kind of stuff, I thought for me worked really, really well. I mean, the thing I didn't really like about the fact was there was the interference and then the use of, Jay, Jim, uh, of Jimmy Uso. But then actually at the same time, when you see of why it happened and what happened obviously on SmackDown. It makes it more interesting because it wasn't just him helping Roman, it was actually him helping his brother more because he didn't want to see his brother turn into the tribal chief, turn into some sort of monster. And I thought that worked really well as well. I mean, for me as well, Roman Reigns has been doing his best stuff in ages and it's just cool to see just the brutality and just the... Uh, like the moves they would put themselves through and stuff like with the use of the kendo six, the tables and everything else and I think for me with the whole thing of Roman Reigns and the bloodline this has been such an interesting storyline this has been going on now for nearly three years and I think for me this has been WWE's best storyline it's been something that even though it's kind of been on the back burner because obviously they've been a part of the bloodline but then earlier this year with the whole Sami Zayn thing and Cody Rose and now obviously this with the amazing match at uh, Money in the Bank where Roman Reigns actually had his first pin loss in three plus years where he had his first pin loss against Jay Uso but then actually was again being Jay Uso as well which is why he was in the match against Roman Reigns and stuff it's just really interesting to kind of see that build up as well and I'm just really excited and interested to see what they're going to be doing now with the bloodline because even though um what's happened and everything else as well too it'll just be interesting to see what they're going to be doing like are they going to be doing another uh war games match for survivor series are they going to do something at the royal rumble is it going to have cody going to finally beat roman at wrestlemania as he's gone past a thousand days it's for me it's gonna be really really cool and interesting to see because even me in a sense throwing a, a wrench in here guys you might even have potentially gone for go for championship and i think for me that'd be really 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 cool because i kind of if i was uh booking for the build-up for WrestleMania, I would have it where obviously someone else would win the Royal Rumble, but then I would have it where, have it in a sense like option C in TNA, and have it in a sense like, I know I might be on a different show to you, Roman, but I want to like relinquish my IC Championship, and I want to do my reign against his reign to see who would then be supreme, and you can kind of use the IC Championship, which what it is, in a sense, a stepping stone to the World Championship be used for that. And I think, for me, that would be a really interesting and a cool way to go. But with how Paul DeVette's been booking WWE and just how um, interesting and good it's been recently as well and, and everything else, I have faith that it'll be a very interesting story and I can't wait to see when the story finally ends. And that, my friends, was my Big Four pay-per-view review on SummerSlam 2023. Let me know, guys, in the comments below what your thoughts are about this amazing show and how do you find it compared to the other pay-per-views of this year. Love to hear you guys think. And also, as well, guys, please like, follow, and subscribe to No Wrestling. This has been No Wrestling, guys. I have been your amazing host, as always, Mark Sylvester. And don't forget, guys, to take care. And always remember, it's SummerSlam!
And whatever 